Welcome to Rippin' Hoops with Ryan and Carson. Rippin' Hoops is the official podcast of the Rose City Hoops Instagram page, and today is our very first episode. If you aren't already following our Instagram page, then feel free to do so at Rose City Hoops, and if you are, then we sincerely thank you. Rippin' Hoops is a podcast that will cover all things Portland Trailblazers as well as all things NBA. This way, we can provide our listeners with a deep dive analysis into their favorite team, as well as a sense of how the league is unfolding in a more general sense. Hence the name Rippin' Hoops. Today, we're going to talk about the Blazers' recent run of games, as well as how we think things might shake out around the trade deadline, and how we view the current situation. Should the Blazers rebuild, or should they stay put? Then, we get into the NBA as a whole by taking a look at what teams and what players have stood out to us this year. Lastly, we'll close out with a look at the Blazers' upcoming schedule this week and predict what we think might happen. So again, my name is Ryan. I'm a longtime Blazers diehard and a current season ticket holder who lives in the Portland area and is always down for a basketball debate. I am also joined by my friend Carson. What's up, Carson? What's up, y'all? I'm Carson. Um, you know, been a long time, you know, Rose City, uh, Rip City diehard fan um, from the hard days, you know, back when we had, you know, the Jail Blazers. Now that we got, you know, kind of our lead franchise player in Dame. Um, I mean, we're just, I'm really super excited to be with y'all and uh, talk about Blazers and Hoops with y'all. So. So do we just want to start off talking about the Wizards game last night? Yeah, I mean, the Wizards game, I mean, that, like, that was probably one of our, you know, best team, you know, defensive, uh, you know, games all year. I mean, we had a lot of, you know, hustle stats. I mean, when it comes to like CJ Ellaby off the bench, um, you know, D- DSJ off the bench. I mean, I think they both had like, you know, multiple steals. So, I mean, you know, a lot of team defense, you know, um, leading into, you know, good buckets uh, on the offensive end. And then, of course, Ant, you know, Ant's just been on fire lately. Um, they need to make, you know, a fire ant emoji for him right now because he's just been going off, um, you know, without Damon CJ in the lineup. Yeah, as you mentioned, lots of steals. We had three steals from Dennis Smith Jr., two from CJ Ellaby off the bench, as well as four from Covington, two from Nurkic, um, and two from Simons. So Simons, not known as a great defender, but the fact that we've been playing good defense with Simons in the lineup and we couldn't really with Dame tells me he probably isn't that bad. What do you think about that, Carson? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Anthony, I know he's got the small size. I mean, you know, you know, he's kind of got the frame, you know, of like Dame and CJ, you know, mostly, you know, isolation, offensive player. But I mean, it's just like, I mean, he has quick hands. I mean, I mean, if you look at like Dame, CJ, I mean, they all have quick hands, um, you know, when they're guarding someone in the post or stuff like that. It's just like staying in front of people. They're just kind of, they just they just don't move their feet quick enough or they just they just can't stay in front of you know like a point guard you know caliber player in the NBA so yeah and we'll talk more about Ant in a little bit but uh Ant had 31 points last night 26 at the half it seems like pretty often that Anthony has a good half but not really a good 48 minutes like he played fine in the second half and he actually yeah. didn't miss much he just didn't shoot as much in the second half I think he hasn't really dealt with double teams well yeah. yet. I mean, not like he just doesn't, he doesn't have a lot of experience dealing with them. Um, but he definitely gave us a big boost in the first half to put us up, I don't know, 17 or so points at halftime. Blazers ended up winning 115 to 110. Um, what do you think of Robert Covington? Because I know a lot of fans were happy when we got him, then pretty down on him. Now in the last few games, he's had, he had back-to-back games with three steals and three blocks. And then, 
last night, four steals, one block, 15 points. Yeah, I mean, Rocco, I mean, he always brings, like, the defensive energy on the floor, um, you know, with steals and blocks. I mean, I don't know for all your Blizzard fans that listen to Lamar Hurd. I mean, he gets super, super hyped when, you know, like, he just gets, like, that poke from behind steal or poke from behind block, um, all that kind of jazz. But, like, um, I feel like we kind of got him to be, like, kind of, like, you know, to guard the paint and guard the outside. And I feel like all he's been able to do with the Blazers has kind of been, like, that floor interior kind of, you know, almost center build um he has a little bit of trouble like staying in front of you know like you know if he's on a two or three but you know he makes up for it in the paint um and then you know we got him also for his three-point shooting um and you know you know since Rocco here he's been kind of an up and down you know like seems last year he had a he had a tough start to the season and then he kind of started to heat up same kind of thing right now um since he's been inserted into the starting lineup since uh Larry's been hurt. Um, it seems like he's found his shot and he's found his groove back a little bit. Um, but yeah, I mean, with that expiring contract, it's kind of, you know, what the Blazers, you know, new office is going to do with them. Yeah. And I mean, overall, he's been like pretty good stats wise. Um, he always hovers around 36, 37% from three. This year, he's averaging 7.7 points, 1.2 blocks, 1.5 steals five boards, one assist, shooting 35.5% from three. But then you look at the last 10 games, 12.1 points, 45% from three. Um, And I think he's only – isn't he only like one of the – him and I think Herbert Jones are the only people that are like leading his team in steals and blocks on the same team. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, (laughs) Herbert – like I don't know if you watch the Pelicans at all, but Herbert Jones is kind of like a mini Covington, um, uh, the rookie – um, I think he's out of Alabama, um, but he's just little lefty, um, plays, you know, three through five, can kind of guard all those positions. I know he was actually guarding Dame, I think, when we were playing uh, the Pelicans a couple weeks back or a month back. Um, he had a little trouble on Dame. I think he got three fouls in the first quarter, but um, he's, you know, a good, you know, defensive player and kind of a three and D kind of wing guy. Yeah, I've talked about a lot of fouls in a short time. I think Trendon Watford fouled out in eight minutes last night. Uh, he's actually been pretty good for the Blazers lately, though, so yeah. I don't really want to... I mean, if you think of him, he's like an, he's an undrafted rookie. Um, he's getting yeah. valuable minutes on the Blazers. I mean, usually he's getting about you know 12 to 15 minutes a, uh, a game, um, You know, kind of getting that backup center role to, to Nurkic because um, you know, Zeller just can't seem to stay yeah. on the court. Yeah, and I mean he's one of the few guys, few guys who have like exceeded my expectations. I think yeah. most of the guys on the team have been worse, but than I thought. But Nasir, Ben McElmore, Trending Watford, Anthony Simons have been better. Whereas even LLB, whereas you know Tony Snell's been pretty way worse than I thought. I didn't expect much from him, and then Nurk's mm-hmm. kind of worse than I thought. And obviously Damon CJ having down years, Covington kind of up and down, but. Yeah, I mean, CJ, maybe not a down year. I guess the injury doesn't help, but I think his stats are fine. He's just been, there's been a lot of times when he like does not know when to pass the ball. But Yeah, too much isolation. But and yeah. Congrats to CJ on his wife's birth. So <laughs> don't really know anything about yeah, the kid or what, totally. um, what, it's, what his or her name is, but congratulations either way. Um, on the Wizards side... I mean, 
they had a very off night from Kyle Kuzma. Gafford also went 0 for 4. Dinwiddie was good, but and Harrell was good off the bench. Dinwiddie was awesome. He was on my fantasy team. He kind of killed it. Yeah. <laughs> he just kept chucking threes up at the end of the game, and he's just kind of making them. But, um, I mean, yeah, 9 for 18, you know, usually average for, you know, a point guard that shoots a lot, you know. Um, seven assists, three turnovers. I mean, I mean, a lot of the Wizards had a lot of turnovers because of kind of the, the team defense that the Blazers were playing, like we talked about with uh, all the team steals and everything. Yeah, and Thomas Bryant's back in the lineup for them, but obviously, you know, not fully back in 0 for 3 last night. Um, interesting to see Corey Kispert getting more minutes than Rui Hachimara. I'm a, I'm a Gonzaga alumni, so kind of watching that thing. Uh, Corey yeah. played pretty well, actually. Rui's now back. I don't, it took him a while to get back for personal reasons. I don't really know the whole story about it, but anyways. I still believe, I still believe in Rui. He's got a, you know, good NBA body. Could shoot from anywhere. Um, I think he just needs to get his legs back under him. Yeah. But Blazers win 115-110 to put the Blazers at 17 and 25, makes the Wizards 22 and 21. The Blazers have now won three of their last four games, I believe. Uh, yeah, three of the last four, except for that debacle on national TV against the Nuggets. Oh, maybe it's three of the last five then, because we had the Cavs as well. No, it's three of four. They okay. beat the Kings, the Nets, and then right, lost right. to the Nuggets. And then I should know this because I was at these games. You should. I was including the the Hawks win in that, but yeah, three of the last four, and this is kind of. I don't think they're favored in any of these games. I can't imagine they'd be favored against anyone besides the Magic or Pistons. Maybe they might have been favored against the Kings. They might have because it was at home. But eh, you never I know. It was like they're, they're, very, they're very comparable. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I now that I think about it, the Kings were favored by one in that game, um, and that was with their whole lineup yeah. besides Rashawn Holmes and maybe a few other yeah, guys. Who's but, a blazer blazer killer, by the way? Yeah, yeah. You're a big Rashawn Holmes fan, aren't you? <laughs> Well, it seems like he just never misses against the Blazers. I don't know. Well, yeah, he's got this floater that is just unique for a big man. Um, yeah. But yeah, so overall, the Blazers are now, like I said, 17-25, and 25, sitting at 10th in the West, so still good for that plan. If the NBA season ended today, we'd play the Minnesota Timberwolves, and then whenever that would play the Lakers or Clippers um, for the 7th or 8th spot whoever was the winner of the game between them. No, we we'll would lose 4-0. Yeah. In, the, in the opening round. Yeah. So, yeah, if we beat the Timberwolves and then, you know, if we play the Clippers, they lost the Lakers, <laughs> we'd get, you know, get the eight seed and play the Suns. So, not really sure that's the path that we want to go down, but obviously players don't take, teams tank. Um, so that takes us into good conversation. Like, should we be tanking? Should we be planning for next year? Should we be trying to trade Dame? Um, there's kind of a lot to break down about this season. I remember telling my friends, I don't think Dame's going to be an all-star this year. And that was like a sad thing to say. And then he hasn't actually even played since then. There's no way he'll be an all-star. And he hasn't been like terrible in the games he's played, but he's had some really poor shooting nights and then some games where he played well. Um, I think it's interesting right before he decided to get surgery, he actually was playing really well. I don't know. What what direction do you... I know I kind of go back and forth. What direction are you thinking for the team? 
Uh, I mean, it kind of like, I mean, to think about it, I mean, we do have that protected lottery pick from Chicago. Um, do you know what, um, how that's protected? Yeah. So that's, I think it's top 14 protected to top lot. It's lottery protected. Um, so if we finish inside the top 14, so usually probably if we don't make the playoffs, we're going to have a lottery pick, um, from Chicago. Um, top 14 as in like the worst 14. Yeah. Yeah. The worst 14. Yeah. Um, but I mean, you know, this draft's got a lot of, you know, kind of up and coming players. I'd say are probably the top three would be, you know, Chet Holgrim from Gonzaga, um, Paulo from Duke, and then uh, Jabari Smith from Auburn, who's kind of kind of in the up and comer kind of breakout player this year. He's like, you know, six ten, kind of like a Kevin Durant body, you know. Shoots, I think, like almost fifty percent from three, which is crazy. Um, I mean, if we like, I mean, of course, if we could get one of those three players, like if we could just tank and get one of those three players like right off the bat, like definitely go through that route. You know, Dame isn't getting any younger. Um, you know, CJ's not getting any younger. Um, but I think, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but I taller. think the biggest thing that we need to look at for the Blazers kind of, you know, maybe rebuilding is, you know, is what we're going to do with basically our top five players, which is, you know, uh, Dame, CJ, Anthony, Covington. Uh, sorry, sorry. Yeah, I'll go, I'll go top six. I'll go six. So yeah, I'll go Dame, CJ, Anthony, Powell, Covington, and Nurkic. Um, what we're going to kind of do with that kind of realm. Because um, I mean... I mean, it's hard not to mention the searing yeah, Larry and yeah, but I think, like as far as trade assets. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I think the biggest thing is going to come to the four players, Anthony, Dame, CJ, and Powell. Because, you know, Anthony's on an expiring contract and the way that he's playing, you know, he's definitely going to get paid. Uh, there were, like, I can't see any scenario that we don't match the contract with him, though. Yeah, but the thing is, is like if we match it and we keep all of our players right now, our four best players, our four highest players are going to be at the guard position. Yeah, no, I I mean, I don't think we should keep all four, but there's no way we can let them walk, which is like the problem with Anthony, in my opinion, is a lot of people, some people are arguing he should play the two. And I'm like, well, that's just getting us into the same issue we've had for a long time. Yeah. So we're kind of at a weird spot where like Anthony has to be a one, but he's too good to be a backup, I think. Or like if we're trying to grow him into a good player so then it gets into do you just develop ant this year raise his trade value and get a star for him or do you trade dame because i mean i think everybody from the outside says we should trade dame but like being around the team and his loyalty and like i don't want us to get like the danny Ainge reputation where we'll just trade anybody if it like works out like Isaiah thomas but i think i think yeah, I think um, CJ would be the one that I'd want to trade. Yeah, I mean, I think um, CJ has to be traded. Yeah, um, you know, yeah, I mean, like if you put into perspective, like what we drafted CJ, he went, I believe, he went all four years at Lehigh, right? So he came out when he was twenty-two. Yeah, and you know, you look at Anthony right now, and he's twenty-one or twenty-two. So we're basically getting he just turned twenty-two. Yeah, so I mean, and he's basically, if you look at him, he's like a baby CJ. <laughs> Um, he can isolate. He 
I mean, he's a better scorer than what CJ came out with um, when he came out. But but he's like, you know, isolation. Um, he can play make a little bit. Um, he didn't have any rebounds last night, but he can usually, you know, soar up and get some rebounds. He's just like a more athletic, you know, kind of baby CJ, which, you know, is a very good asset to have. Um, but it's, you know, and then with Norm, I mean, you know, I think we need to get rid of like that three guard thing that we've been doing because norm you can see when cj went out when he was put at the two he was balling um you know when he's at the two position he can kind of score against any two in the league um, but when he's at the three he has a little bit more trouble scoring against a little bit more length and stuff like that um i mean the like the defending. yeah he's, he's a, a good team league league. when he goes to yeah or something, it's uh, but like i mean i guess the best case scenario would be you know trade cj um, have Dame and Norm start and then talk Anthony to be that spark off the bench, you know, you know, like a Jordan Clarkson, something like that, where he, you know, he's offered to score about 18, 20 a night, but he doesn't have that starting role. Um, I mean, he's still young enough that, you know, he might, you know, listen to Chauncey and listen to Dame and go in that position. But, um, you know, the way he's balling right now, he can get paid a lot of money. So, yeah, I just I don't think we can let him leave. I think he's too talented. But yeah, I mean it's like the same. Know. It's it's basically the same predicament as uh, as Gary Trent from last year. So Gary Trent, you know, I think he's making like three. Uh, he has he got a three year, fifty one million dollar contract, and you know, I don't remember him putting any numbers like this up to Anthony's he's put up in the last two weeks. I mean, he was he's a great three and D no, player. Um, love him on the Blazers. Yeah. He's playing great for Toronto. Um, I think he's hurt right now, but uh, I mean, he got 17. So I'm guessing that Anthony's going to get at least, you know, 17 to 20 is my guess. Yeah, I think so too. I mean, I think Ant's a better prospect now than Trent was at the time, but there's also only, I think like two or three or four teams with cap space this summer. Every other team's going to be operating above the cap. So I don't think he's going to get a ton of money, but he definitely deserves something. 15, 20. Three. Yeah, depends how quickly people catch on to him. I mean, I think the Blazers fans know his value now. I don't know if the NBA is totally caught up yet. Um, but I don't know. I think he's like the one untouchable player, unless we're getting a superstar back for him. Maybe not a superstar, an all-star at least. So yeah. it's really, I think the Blazers, like they've got a lot of, they've got two options that are pretty good. Either we try to build a contender with them or we completely rebuild thing I don't want to see them do is do something in between. I think Neil Shea always prepared for like, tried to prepare for um, like backup plans, but I think we just need to commit. Like we either need to trade Dame and get young talent or we need to trade um, our young players for stars. I We can't just like try to win with CJ, Norm, Anthony, Dame. It's not going to work. We all know that. I mean, I thought we all knew that, but maybe Neil Shea did not. The The thing is with Dame, I mean, do you think his trade value is a little down because of the injury? I I, I think it ha- I think it is, but I feel like it's still higher than. I mean, it's been going all the way back. I mean, um, I feel like he says it's what been about three or four years that he's been going through this. But I think the yeah. biggest, you know, kind of noticed that you know fans and the NBA kind of NBA fans kind of saw was when uh, in the Olympics, um, he had you know trouble staying on the floor. He was getting outplayed by Drew Holiday. Andrew Holiday is a great player, you know, championship player. But, you know, 
Damien's a way better talent than Drew Holiday. Uh, yeah, I think that's he played pretty poorly in the Olympics. But I do think when you get when you get that much talent together, then you might be better off with a good defender than a guy who needs the ball in their hands. True. But yeah, I I don't know. Dame's Dame's a tough situation. They say he's getting reevaluated in five to six weeks. Um, if he comes back and is awesome and raises his trade value again, that's great for us. But if he doesn't, I don't think it's going to be back to what it could be until he comes back. Like as we know, videos. Yeah, but my yeah, but my consensus is like if if we're kind of you know they say he's gonna be reevaluated in you know five to eight weeks, but I mean if he and if the Blazers are what twelfth, thirteenth in the West, they might just shut him down for the rest of the year and look for that pick. Yeah, that's the problem. But I think that's what they want to do. He seems to have a hard time saying no to playing basketball. True. Yeah, and that might be like his biggest flaw, not in like a bad way, but like he always tries to play through injuries. If he just tried to get surgery this summer and not play in the Olympics, um, that would have helped us. But like hindsight is twenty twenty. I don't blame him. He'd been playing through it for a bit, so it sounds like it just got worse. Um, so. If you were Joe Cronin, Blazers interim GM, who I think has a good chance of becoming full-time GM, but what direction are you going in? You don't like you you pick one. You either rebuild or we try to win a championship with them. What would you do? Uh, I'm rebuilding. Me as well. Um, I'm rebuilding. Um, if you look at you know just the recent success that the Blazers have had in the draft from where they've been at. I mean, you got to give a lot of credit to the Blazers, you know, player development team. Um, I mean, you know, we're talking about Gary Trent, um, you know, late second round pick. We got Norman Powell out of that deal. We got um, Anthony Nasir, you know, kind of late first round picks. Um, CJ Ellaby, I think, was a late first round pick. You know, Trent Watford was undrafted. Early second, but early second. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Um, Yeah. Um, oh, Trenton Wofford. I want to give false information, you know. He was uh, second <laughs> yeah. round, uh, 46th pick. Yeah. And then, you know, Trenton Wofford, you know, undrafted. Um, and then, you know, like all of those guys have been, you know, pretty, you know, valuable in the Blazers' role. Um, and then you look at, you know, I mean, imagine if we get someone in, you know, the top five, right? What we can do with that kind of development. I mean, you know, our last lottery picks have been Dame, which has been amazing, CJ, which has been amazing, and then Zach Collins, which was kind of just kind of a, just doesn't seem like he can stay healthy. Um, But when he was on the floor, he's a great defender. Um, But, I mean, just my guy, Zach, from Gonzaga. Yeah, I mean, just before we move on, I think a lot of of fans, like, like, hated that like the hail net pick and i get it It like in in hindsight yeah we could have had bam we could have had donovan mitchell could have had the other collins yeah yeah the other collins who went or uh og they all went later we could have had two of those guys because yeah. we had the 15th and 20th pick which we traded they were harry giles and justin jackson we traded for sacramento uh, with sacramento for that collins we had that agreement in place so we drafted those two guys for sacramento but that collins was good when he played he just isn't playing a lot. Um, yeah. He's yeah, close to return with the Spurs bug. right now. But we'll see. Um, but yeah, I would I would go for the rebuild, trade at least CJ, maybe even, you know, 
I mean, if we're doing a full rebuild, I'm trading CJ, I'm trading Roko, I'm trading Nurkic, um, trying to get the most assets Dame. I can get for that, and then keep Dame and try to rebuild around Dame. Because, um, I mean, you know, Dame just putting, you know, just his – I mean, he's a great mentor. You can see what he's done to Anthony. Um, Anthony seems to have, like, that kind of Lillard mentality right now with no one else on the court. Um, but um, just having, you know, him mentor, you know, a high-end prospect would be really awesome. So you're you're talking rebuild, but keeping Dame. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I think that's probably what we will do. I think if I was like just operating to win a championship, the best thing I'd do is probably do a full rebuild and trade Dame. But like, I don't think we should do that. I'm just talking strictly if I was a GM trying to do the best I could. But given Dame's loyalty, yeah. I. We owe it to him to keep him. We owe him the benefit of the doubt that he'll get better. He'll get back to being himself. Um, but yeah, I, I, if there's any way that we have CJ McCollum after the trade deadline, I just, I, I love CJ. He's a great guy. He's a good player. I just don't think we can do that anymore. I think, like, there's a, there's just not belief in it, even within the team, that we could win with those two guys. Um, and with Anthony's development, Norm being as efficient as CJ, maybe not as talented in ISO, but like he's as efficient, better defender. I, there's no way we can keep those guys again. So I think we're in agreement there. Um, but I do think if I was a GM and I had no like emotional connection to the team or Dame, I think I'd probably blow the whole thing up. But, um, so this kind of goes along with the theme that there's been in the NBA this year. A lot of, the theme has been like team basketball. It's kind of making its return with the Grizzlies and the Warriors, um, getting away from like all ISO stuff. As you can guys probably know, the Lakers and the Nets have struggled. The Nets are still good, second in the East. The Lakers are, I believe, seventh or eighth. Yeah, the Nets. The Nets look. The Nets look really fucking good against the oh, Wolves. But, yeah, very uh, good. I, was, I, I don't know. Like that it. might not have been. That might not have been the best kind of win because we saw the Bulls against the Warriors too, and they kind of got clobbered there as well. Yeah, and then I believe the Nets lost or didn't play very well in their next game. Like the next, they lost to OKC, but they played without, without Durant. Durant was on rest, and Kyrie they were at home. So yeah, he can't play at home. So I don't know. I think the, yeah. there is a theme in the NBA though of like team basketball this year. Like Suns play pretty team basketball although it's like run by chris paul so he's got the ball in his hands a lot but you know warriors grizzlies play very team-oriented basketball um i'd say the bulls have as well the heat do um, you haven't even talked about the best team in the nba who's the best team in the nba the milwaukee bucks you think so yeah it's no doubt okay what what is your what's the reasoning behind that is it just the win against the warriors mm, not that it's just that they are so deep. They can go one through 11. Um, they have so many bodies that they can just throw in. Um, and then I think they have the most unstoppable player in the NBA in Giannis. I just don't think anybody can guard him. I mean, if you look at the East, I mean, let's just go. I mean, what are the, who, who are the Bulls going to put on him? Vucevic? He's just going to go right by Vucevic. He put the... Yeah, because I don't think Patrick Williams yeah, will be healthy. If you put the Nets, I guess Durant. But if Durant's guarding Giannis for forty minutes a night, I just you saw it last last uh, 
playoffs. I mean, he just got super, super tired at the end. Um, it was still Kevin Durant, so he's still going to do stuff, but he's just not going to be, you know, at full health, I guess, when he's going against Giannis for 40 minutes a night for seven games. I mean, Blake tried. Blake Griffin did actually pretty well last year, but he's been bad this year. So Yeah, and then, I mean, I guess – I guess the best matchup for uh, against Milwaukee is probably Philadelphia because they have you know a lot of long bodies that can guard him, um, and then that kind of depends on what Philadelphia's route's going to be with Ben Simmons, um, how they're going to do the rest of the year because Joel Embiid's playing like an MVP as well. Um, I think over his last ten or eleven games, he's had like thirty. Oh, oh, I know he said over 30 in his last, like, 10 games. I think the last game um, he got, like, 25, but he's been balling lately. Yeah, and the Sixers in general have been really good. 9-1 in the last 10, two-game win streak. Um, and this is, like like you mentioned, without Ben Simmons. So they've got that big asset. Well, not as big as Daryl Morey thinks it is, but they've got an asset. They could still make this team better. We have no idea what's going to happen with Ben Simmons. Like, I, I have no... I have no idea. Most of the time, I feel like I've kind of think I know what's going to happen, but I, I really don't. Do you, do you have any opinions on the Ben Simmons situation? Um, I just think Ben Simmons just needs to find a role again. Um, I feel like he just thinks that nobody wants him, but I think it's all because of Daryl Morey. I mean, I still believe in Ben Simmons. I think he's one of the – he's definitely one of the best defenders in the NBA. Um, he's a great um, – you know, team, not I wouldn't say team player, but he's, you know, can pass the rock around. He can get pe- other people involved, um, stuff like that. I mean, I mean, he can find a role where he can be like a Draymond team player fair. for a lot of teams. I heard a lot of chatter coming out of Atlanta. Like if he could be, you know, the Draymond and then Trey can be the Curry. I think that Atlanta has a lot of good talent around them where they can kind of make another run again. They're kind of one of the down, I would say, Portland might be the biggest downfall, um, kind of, you know, hasn't caught the expectations out of the West. I would definitely say Atlanta has been the East um, similarity of that. Maybe even yeah. worse. I don't think they've got as many excuses as we do. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, just as far as Dame being out. But Trey Young has still been really good, especially against us. Yeah, he dropped like 60 and 56 and 14. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Same night that Anthony had 43. Um, yeah. But yeah, going back to the Bucks thing, I don't know if I'd call them the best team in the NBA, but I do like agree with you about Giannis being unstoppable. The best thing about Giannis is like he's probably not, he doesn't really have off nights. Like he has nights where he might not score as well, but he's still giving you assists, blocks, rebounds, all that stuff. Whereas like if Dame's off, it's kind of like just a lot of missed shots. Yeah, and it's like if if Giannis has a bad night shooting, he just goes to Chris Middleton or Drew Holiday, and it's just they're gonna give you twenty. Um, yeah, and it's, third. it's just it's unstoppable if he puts his head down and goes to the lane. It's just yeah, it reminds me of a younger LeBron. The safest bet. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. They're the safest bet. Obviously, there's like Chicago, who I didn't believe in before the season, and now I think I think I was wrong about that. I still don't think they'll they're a contender, but. Um, I think it'll come down to Brooklyn, Milwaukee, and Philly if Philly turns Ben Simmons into something. Yeah, I mean, Chicago's starting lineup's great. Um, I think it's just their depth and their bench. They just don't have any bench, and they have Kobe White. Um, 
that's about it. <laughs> and, uh, and Alex Cruz, yeah. I guess he's been hurt. Um, but he's like, he plays crunch time. So it's like, I think he'd yeah. be a starter in like, not a starter, but like he's one of their best five. So beyond their best five. Um, but can you name, can you name Chicago's backup center or backup power forward right now? It was Derek Jones Jr. Although he was starting. Yeah. He, he, he had an knee injury. I don't know what it ended up being. I don't think I know who their backup behind Derek Jones is. Do you know? I think, I think it's um, Alfonso McKinney and Tony Bradley as their backup center. So not a lot of uh, oh, not a lot of depth right there. <laughs> yeah, if I mean, if basketball nerds like us don't know a player, then they're usually not not like <laughs> not a great playoff guy. Um, just because we know too much about the NBA sometimes, at least especially Carson, but <laughs> not in a bad way. Like <laughs> I don't know. Anyway. Let's talk about, like, what do we see Miami, Charlotte, Toronto, um, Boston, those those type of teams? Uh, Boston's another one, kind of Atlanta, that is just the expectations. They have just, just been terrible this year. Just too much. They kind of remind me of the Blazers a little bit. Too much isolation play with their, their two best players, Jalen Brown and uh, Jason Tatum. Um, they're also similar because they got a new coach and expected through big differences. And, and it seems like their new coach just doesn't take any of the blame. He just, if they're having a bad night, they just throws it on the players, which I don't know if that's good or bad criticism, but um, just kind of doesn't take any of the blame for what's going on right now, which is kind of weird. Um, what do you think about that? Um, I mean, I definitely don't think blaming the players is always the best thing. I think you can do it privately, but doing it to the media is just like, I don't know. It's not, he's not building a good locker room. And especially when they don't have a, a good leader. I mean, they've got Marcus Smart and Al Horford, but I'm not sure either of those guys are like Dame type leaders. Mm-hmm. And it's best when your best player is the leader. And obviously Tatum and Brown are not really that leader yet. Um, both young. Yeah, they're young. Brown's they're incredibly smart. I just don't think he's necessarily a great leader yet I, I don't know i'm not in the celtics locker room but i think that's probably one of their bigger issues i know they've had a lot of players only meetings so that's never a good sign um and i yeah. i mean i think it's a cliche to say but maybe brown and tatum just can't play together which is kind of weird because they're actually pretty much like great modern nba players they can stretch the floor if you're jason tatum you kind of can play the three or the four. Um, like they're great wings. They're good, pretty good defenders, especially Brown. Um, it's not. I just, I don't think, I don't think they're, I mean, if I just don't think they're, I mean, I think Tatum's a better isolation player than Brown, but I just think if they had a point guard that could control their offense and could set both of them up, you know, I think it would be the perfect scenario. Um, you know, they really haven't had a good point guard around them that's kind of like gets them involved. I mean, they had, I guess the best out of those would be Kyrie, um, but you know, Kyrie's isolation point guard. Uh, Kemba's an isolation point guard, and then Dennis Schroeder's just fucking Dennis Schroeder. He does whatever the fuck he wants. Um, so it's, I mean, imagine if they had, you know, LaMelo, Chris Paul someone that gets their team involved, maybe even a Ben Simmons. Um, they just play really, really big, you know, have Marcus guard the point guard, Jalen at the two, Tatum at the three, Simmons at the four. 
someone that can just get them involved that isn't just isolation the whole time. Um, I think that's the biggest thing that's holding Boston back is they just have too much isolation play and just kind of, you know, what Charles says, they just dribble, 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 dribble and shoot. <laughs> There's not a lot of team offense going on in that, in that team. Yep. So um, I think getting them someone like a playmaker is uh, a big um, move that they should be looking to make. Yeah. Too bad. Ricky Rubio is yeah, no longer an well. option. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Boston's interesting. They've actually got a positive point differential at plus 1.7 and most of the teams around them have negatives, uh, which usually tells me that they've got very up, up games and very down games. So, um, I mean, kind of like the Blazers, some games they play really well and some games they just look terrible. And I know they've had some trouble with injuries and COVID, but so has everybody. It's, it's really not an excuse anymore. Like it is, but since everyone's going through it, like it just shows if you're a better team, if you can withstand that. Um, I know the Grizzlies have had like over their 11 game win streak. They now, uh, they recently lost to the Mavericks actually got blown out. But during their 11 game win streak, they had like three different coaches, six different lineups, um, like 11 guys had played in the starting lineup. Jaw had been out for a while, 10 and two without jaw. They're deep. Um, I don't know if that's necessarily a sign that they're better built for the regular season than the playoffs. Like if if a lot of guys are hurt in the playoffs for other teams and they're able to like use their depth to stay stay in the playoffs, you know, go to the conference finals or second round, anything like that, that's good. But if everyone's back for most of the teams, then their depth doesn't help as much because a lot of teams shorten their rotations. So I don't know. Do you do you have any strong feelings about the Grizzlies as either contenders or a regular season team? Uh, I don't think they're a contender just yet. Um, I think that, you know, I think they're probably one move away from becoming a contender, but it's a tough, you know, kind of deal with that because that team is just so kind of, you know, team chemistry loves everyone around the team. So if we were to trade someone, I don't know how the locker room would kind of react to that. Um, but, you know, Jaw has been playing almost at an MVP, MVP caliber uh, point guard, you know, one of the most athletic players in the NBA. I mean, him being almost a superstar, you can even say that he's almost maybe even the most improved player in the NBA. Um, you know, Desmond Bain, probably one of my favorite underrated players in the NBA. I think he's shooting like something like 50% from three in the since December, which is crazy in the NBA. Um, for a guy that like second year in the NBA yeah. wasn't really expected to be at least by general fans to be this good yeah. this year. Um, you know, Jaron Jackson, uh, very very good defender. Um, he kind of reminds me a little bit like Miles Turner, something like that. A little bit more lanky, I would say, than Miles Turner. A little bit smaller, but um, you know, great great guy. He can shoot threes. He can block everything. Great defender. Um, I would just say the biggest downfall for Jaron is just staying on the court injury-wise and staying on the court in foul trouble because that's the one thing that kind of hinders him a little bit. But if you can, if you can get those two things down that he has been doing in like kind of this win streak that they've been going on, um, you can see how potent their team is. Yeah, they've also got Dylan Brooks, who's been out of lineup, but he's good. Or good defender. Duck. Yeah, gets he gets in people's heads. Um, Kyle Anderson. He's good as well. Um, Steven Adams has had a great year. And they've got guys like 
um, Conchar, who had 17 rebounds at being a 6'4 guard. He's like, yeah, he's like 6'4. Um, they've also got Killing Tilly, who goes in and out of the lineup, another Gonzaga guy. Um, and then their backup center, Tillman, is also good. I think he's their backup center. They're they're very deep. Yeah, Michigan State yeah. is basically what they've been able to put together. So you can get put guys. And I think that they're, they're yeah, and they have Melton off the bench as well. Very good underrated point guard off the bench. Who'd you say? Uh, DeAnthony Melton. Yeah, they have him as well as um, Tyus Jones, right? Yeah, Tyus Jones yeah. had they're some, very deep. He had some big big they're shots deep. in a game last week. Um, but yeah, yeah, Desmond Bain for context, seventeen and a half points a game, four point five rebounds, two point four assists, forty three percent or forty two percent from three. Um and I know he's even been like better lately. Um ninety percent from oh, free throws, fifty seven percent effective field goal percentage. Second year guy, twenty three year old, six five shooting guard, probably probably top five backcourts in the NBA this year. Um Morant and Bain. Yeah. Uh, I think that kind of came out of nowhere, but I think the important thing to look at is like, I think this was a year that a lot of people thought was just going to be Lakers nets. Like a lot of my friends, at least, you know, it's like, Oh my gosh, everyone just goes to these teams. It's not fair. And they need to do something. And then they've been like, I mean, the nets are good, but Kyrie, obviously that's a weird situation. And Harden's kind of been okay. But like teams like the bulls, Suns, Warriors, as I mentioned, and even the Blazers right now, like playing team basketball, showing to be more effective than ISO ball this year in the NBA. And I don't know if that's because of COVID in and out of lineup or what. But. Well, I think the biggest deal with the Lakers is they have, I mean, they just don't have any shooting besides Malik Monk and AK-15, Austin Reeves. <laughs> um, but like they just don't have any spacing on the court and especially – they have no spacing when Russell Westbrook's on the court. So, and I I didn't get the Westbrook thing from the beginning. Like he's a point guard who needs the ball in his hands. LeBron is he's a point guard at this point, even though he's been playing center as well. But like they both need the ball in their hands. Russ doesn't do anything off ball. He doesn't space the floor. Uh, he thinks he does. He's been horrible. He goes to the rim and he like, misses like open layups now. Like, yeah, like the last week and a half, he's been. Terrible. <laughs> I I don't. I, yeah, I don't really understand how some people still like him. Like, he'll literally shoot like two of nineteen and get a triple double, and that's what you hear about. And I'm like, he was terrible, like terrible. But um, for reference, um, Westbrook this year. Um, trying to pull up his stats really quickly, but. I don't know. I think Malik Monk has been good lately. He's been really good lately. He, very, very he's a guy I was thinking about for six man of the year, but now um, I think he he didn't start he's good enough for that. And he's starting in games. Um, but yeah, Westbrook averaging 19 points a game, um, as well as eight rebounds, eight assists. So that sounds good, but effective field goal percentage 46.9, which is just not good now. 29% from three, 66 from the free throw line, 44 from the field. Like that just doesn't work. And then things that don't show in the chat show up in the stats sheet, doesn't space the floor. Kind of redundant with LeBron. Not really a good defender anymore. How many turnovers is he average a game? Um, turnovers. So turnovers, he's averaging 
and eight assists, so not even like like assisted turnover ratio. Yeah. I, it's kind of a disaster. I don't get it. Why? Why do that? You could have Kuzma, who's been great this year. You can have KCP. You could have like gone for the Buddy Healed package and got more shooting. I I don't understand. I mean, if you look at if you look at all of the talent that the Lakers have given up in the last three or four years, it's kind of insane. Oh my gosh! Yes. I mean, Lonzo, Kuzma, Lonzo, uh, Ingram, Ingram. Even if you go a little farther back, Julius Randle. Like it's crazy. And it's just yeah. kind of getting, and there's other guys missing. Yeah, and it's just sure. to get that big name. I mean, it got him a championship. Anthony Davis, cool. Um, I, I mean, I'm not gonna shade the Lonzo, shade the Ingram, shade the Josh Hart trade at all. But um, the the Kuzma Caruso deal for Russ, I just don't, doesn't make any sense. You got two guys that you know, and KCP yeah. who was good yeah. in the championship. I mean, I mean. KCP and Kuzma that play hard every possession. And then I guess Kuzma, that's just, I mean, I think Kuzma just needed to get out of LA. He was the, the spotlight I think was just a little bit too much for him. Um, and the lifestyle is just yeah. like distracting. In Washington, he's a little bit more, you know, down to earth. It doesn't seem like we're looking at his outfits as much. <laughs> um I mean, he had that one like big pink thing going on. Yeah, but I mean, it just seems like he's he can be you know the guy or the second guy on Washington, and you know instead of just being under you know LeBron's outlook the whole time. Well, this is I think this is like this is a much bigger topic to talk about later. But LeBron's biggest downfall is that he's always got his teams operating in fear that he's going to leave the next year, and that yeah. makes them trade. You know, go back to Cleveland. That makes them trade for Shaq. Make some trade talent for Jack. You go to Miami. You know they're like always trying to bring in guys, pay a bunch of money. Guys like Ray Allen. Um, you go to Cleveland. They're paying, overpaying J.R. Smith, Tristan Thompson, Kevin Love. They're always making these trades, like you know, signing guys like Dwayne Wade and Isaiah Thomas and trading them away at the trade deadline. If they'd just been able to build for the future, like the Warriors had, I think LeBron, like all these teams, LeBron might have more championships. Like if he just let Lonzo, Brandon Ingham develop, like I don't, like they could have probably won a championship with that team as well. I I would think that like you get Kuzma, LeBron, Ingram, Lonzo, get those guys developed, Josh Hart as well, bring in a little more talent. I feel like they'd probably be in a better situation. Um. Yeah, I mean LeBron's balling right now. He's great. Um, I don't think he's a good GM, he's crazy, bro. Guys. Yeah, it's just that he just has no help. His second best help is Malik Monk. To say, I think a lot of like NBA fans like will look at that. Oh, he has no help. He's got he's got all these former you know all stars. Like okay, but Dwight Howard is not who Dwight Howard was. Russell Westbrook is like a below yeah. average point guard yeah. for being realistic. Like I, I think I mean DeAndre Jordan doesn't even play. DeAndre Jordan doesn't play. Anthony Davis has been hurt, and when he played, he was pretty disappointing. He's still Anthony Davis, but Carmelo Anthony actually been pretty good, but it's still not. It's not the old Carmelo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's been hurt lately. Yeah, uh, Kendrick Nunn's pretty much been out of the lineup. Um, I mean, you can go down the list, but when you've got Austin Reeves, who's been good, I'm not even dissing him, but when you've got Austin Reeves closing games, it's like. You can't really talk about all these guys who are former All Stars and how it's like a super team. Like, I don't know. I think LeBron tried to put this together, and I don't think it's going to work. 
And I think a lot of that issue was with the rest thing. I think, I think they're a seven, eight playing seed or a six seed at best if they get going with AD. Yeah. But I mean, you're going to have to play, you're going to have to play Phoenix or Golden State in the second round. I just don't think they have enough talent. I mean, they have enough, they have LeBron, so I can never say that, but. We can, uh, yeah, but they we can just, the way that I just I don't think the other people around him are going to help him out. So, yeah, in LeBron's game, he's been insane this year. One of his best years, pretty much just like launching threes at a good percentage, which is crazy. But like that's probably less reliable yeah. in the playoffs than he used to be. And I really, you don't know what you're going to get from AD injury wise or like on the court. I mean, there's a world where they turned around and win the championship, but I think it take like some trades that they kind of came out of nowhere with because I don't think they've got a lot of options and it would take AD being AD like being Pelicans AD um, but yeah I don't know as far as like the Warriors what are your thoughts on the Warriors um, Warriors I think I mean they've kind of had a little bit of a down uh, up, uh, what's the word upcoming week this last week with uh, Draymond being hurt uh, you know, because Draymond kind of runs the whole, you know, the floor when he's on the court. Uh, he's basically their point guard, and then Steph and Clay just run off ball. Um, Clay's looked very, very, um, I wouldn't say rusty because you know the first game he was kind of just playing on adrenaline, but against the Bucks he looked kind of rusty. Um, he looked healthy, but he doesn't have his growth. Yes, yeah, um, Steph's been kind of struggling with a shot lately. I mean, even when they beat the Bulls by how much it was, I think Steph only had about 19 points. It was more of Andrew Wiggins and Jonathan Kaminga just balling. Um, So, I mean, I think that Steph, I mean, Steph is Steph. He's the best shooter of all time, but um, he plays, you know, a lot more confident when he has Dream on running the show and he doesn't have to do as much isolation and be the point guard. I mean, it says point guard on the sheet, but Steph really isn't a point guard. He's just an off-the-ball guard that most of the positions now are like inaccurate like lebron power forward but not really like i don't know it's 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 odd like dame point guard but like he's not really a true point guard i don't know it's a it's an interesting like positionless game right now what are your thoughts about kaminga i didn't actually see the what did he have 25 24 points he just he's just a bully ball dude He's like interesting because he doesn't often play that well in G League games, and then suddenly he'll play really well in an NBA game. He's a really good defender. I've heard. I remember hearing that he wasn't like like scouts. I remember. I I don't know this personally, but I heard the scouts were like down on him, saying he might have like attitude issues. And then I haven't heard anything about that since. So I don't. So yeah, Kaminga. Let's just go the last two games. So Kaminga against the Bucks. Played 19 minutes, scored 15, and had seven rebounds against the Bucks. I guess just in scrap time. So I guess that one doesn't um, put into perspective as much. But then if you go against the Bulls, what they play on Friday? I think yep. they played on Friday. Um, 25 points on 12 shots, three rebounds, three assists, three blocks five fouls so he's just kind of just a bully ball he just he's like a mini draymond so draymond can kind of i mean not the passing like draymond but like just the physicality of him um you know it just can just if he can mentor him i think he has a really really bright future he just needs to learn a shot 
I mean, he did shoot two for four from three, but, you know, 10 for 12 in 26 minutes, 25 points. It's very, very efficient. Um, yeah, I think the, the Warriors are in a good position that they can just like throw guys like him and probably Wiseman into the lineup in the playoffs. And like, if they don't play well, they can just take him out. And if they do, they can be like an energy off the bench. But also they could try yeah. to trade him and Wiseman for like another star. Uh, I've heard some Ben Simmons things, but that seems to have calmed I, down. I think a better trade for them is... Uh, Zabonis. Zabonis or Turner. Yeah, yeah. I I probably would think Turner because Sabonis. Blazers need to go for Turner. I know, I know, but Sabonis and Draymond together too much. Not too much playmaking, but you're gonna like Sabonis' best playmaking and Draymond's best playmaking. So, but yeah, the Blazers. There have been rumors lately of them going for Miles Turner. I believe it was Brian Windhorst was asked about the Blazers. Um, and he said that they were looking to get a big man. Someone said Indiana. And he said, or no, they said Sabonis. He said, um, correct team, but wrong player. So that tells us they're going for Miles Turner. Um, and then there was also Jeremy Grant rumors, which leads me to believe the Blazers are also trying to rebuild, but keep Dame. Um, so I don't know. I think kind of to go back to the Warriors thing, um, pivot back that direction. I think Curry, like in the beginning of the year, everyone, like all ESPN and the media was like, this is the best year of his career. He's still getting better blah 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 like he's been great and the Warriors have been great but he actually like his his slumps kind of go untalked about I mean in the last 10 he's shooting 30% from three I mean he's obviously Steph he's playmaking he's got guys doubling him I still think he's the best or top three player in the NBA but I don't think this has been his best I think it's time probably we pivot into thoughts about the new NBA unless you want to say is there anything else you want to say about any of these teams uh no, not really. We can. We, I mean, we we have the trade light coming up, trade deadline coming up. We have the All Star game coming up, so we can talk about it in upcoming weeks as well. But, um, mm. yeah, I mean, according to like, I just think the Blazers need to make a trade with CJ for some for somebody that just isn't you know a guard, someone that can play something like Covington or draft picks or something. Um, and then, you know. I think the other two biggest teams that need to make a trade are Atlanta and Boston, probably. Yeah. And it's, there's been like a weirdly, there weirdly hasn't been much like action. It seems like, like trades. I'd expect there to have been one by now. There's been the biggest one was Cam Reddish. Yeah. And that's, I don't think as big as some people want to make it out to be like, I don't think Reddish is as good as some people think he is, but anyway, that's another conversation. Um, but yeah, did you want to talk about like check in on the new NBA rules, how they're looking, and then like possible changes that you want to see, or like the in season tournaments, anything like that? Um, yeah, I mean, I think the the new NBA rules kind of with like you know drawing fouls stuff like that. I think it's hurt more of like the smaller guards, you know, like Dame, like Trey Young, um, Harden a little bit. You know, he's not going to the line like he was, you know, on the Rockets where he was getting, you know, 15, 16 free throws a night. Um, so they're not able to get those easy points at the line as much. It seems like Dame, you know, barely gets to the line at all, you know, maybe like four or five times a, a night where he used to get like, you know, seven, eight, nine. Um, so uh, hmm. I think that the NBA rules with like, you know, drawing contact, stuff like that. I think it's hurt more of the guards more than anybody else, and especially small guards. 
Yeah. And it's, I mean, I like it personally though. It's not helping yeah. them. So obviously that's not great for the Blazers, but like the NBA games have been shorter this year. It's been less free throw shooting, less flopping. Um, you know, you don't wait at the end of the games for a bunch of free throws all the time. You'd also don't wait for replays as much because they don't review out of bounds in the last two minutes unless it's challenged. Um, I like those changes. The coach's challenge, I think, has been a success. Um, some coaches don't know how to use it. I forget who it was, but I remember like a few weeks ago, they yeah. said one coach had only challenged once the whole year. And I was like, like, what are you doing? I, sometimes <laughs> I, there are times when I wish Chauncey would not, use it. Not Chauncey? Well, not Chauncey. I feel like Chauncey never challenges anything. He doesn't challenge much because I think he's always afraid to burn the time out. And also, I feel like when I've been watching the Blazers lately, the Chauncey has been just, I mean, last game, he used his timeouts pretty well, but I feel like there'll be like six or seven minutes left in the game. And Chauncey, like they only have two timeouts or like one timeout left. I'm like, I don't, I don't know what he's yeah. been doing with his timeouts, but last game he, he did, you know, uh, against the Wizards, he called a timeout, you know, he knew that, you know, he'd burn one. Um, they He'd lose one anyway after three minutes, under three minutes, and he called one there, which was good. But um, it seems like he's just been calling timeouts a little bit too frequently. But yeah, it's first year. He's learning. So Yeah. It's, yeah, there's definitely – I've seen things from him that I like. Obviously, I'm not an NBA coach. He knows much more than me. I've seen some things that I'm like, I'm not really sure if that's a rookie head coach mistake or not. Like there's been some Blazers lineups where, or days where he keeps Norm and CJ together all the time and doesn't stagger them. And then suddenly LB's playing point guard. And I'm like, what are you doing? But it's also, he's a rookie head coach. So I think he'll be a good coach. I don't know. Maybe he wasn't the best coach for like a championship team, but like, as you can guys know, we're obviously not looking like that anyway. And that's not, the blame is not all on him at all. Um, I think he's going to be a good coach. I think yeah. he handles the media pretty well. Um, I think guys are listening now. I don't think they were for a little bit. I think for a little bit, people weren't really bought in, and now our defense has been great lately. So I think he's probably just putting in his system, and like, there's obviously going to be some times where it doesn't look good. Um, as long as you know, as long as team guys are bought in next year, which is I think like the important year for us, then I think things will be fine. Um, but like, yeah, rules like, like I, I love the change they made um, with not having to review everything at the end, all the out of bounds calls, players just asking for it so they can get an extra timeout. Basically, I like that. Um, obviously, less fouling. It's a good thing to watch. They definitely have like not been as much focusing on that lately. I think the beginning of the year they were calling like nothing, and now they're calling a little bit more. Um, but yeah, two recent rule changes that the NBA has talked about is the in-season tournament, which you can you can talk more about in a second, and then um, also the fouling on fast breaks that the Euro um, Euro leagues do, where they don't really allow you to foul on like in FIBA. If you foul on a fast break, I believe it's like I don't I forget what they call it, like against the I don't know against the run of play, against the flow of the game something like that, then it's like a penalty and like the team gets a free throw. Is that what it is? Something like that. It's, I mean, it's all right. I like it. I don't know. I wish, I hate when like the Blazers have a two-on-one fast break with Ant and Nas and expecting an alley-oop and then someone just fouls them. So I think it'd be a good move. And then the in-season tournament, um, I don't know. It depends how it's set up. Do you have any strong thoughts on that? 
Um, I think the in-season tournament is just going to be kind of, I think it's a cool idea for like fans and stuff like that to kind of have a little bit more, you know, you know, the NBA season's 82 games. It can kind of be a grind, um, kind of have a little bit more like um, kind of playoff energy, I guess. Um, I think the biggest thing is just kind of finding the incentives for the players to want to do that. Um, I think, I think one thing I heard about is money and of course money talks. So I million dollar dollar bonus for the winner or, you know, to their contract or something like that. But, um, yeah, I think that those LeBron doesn't care about a million dollars. Like the big stars don't care. Yeah. So I don't know how they're going to kind of correlate that. I think they're in the talks of it. I think the talks are kind of heating up about it, but, um, it could be one kind of, you know, wrinkle that can make the NBA season a little bit more fun than just a grind, I guess. Yeah, and there's been ideas out there like make this season a 72 game season and then have this in season tournament in December with like the finals around Christmas, which would be cool. And I've heard some ideas of like giving a team like an extra draft pick or um, giving a team an automatic playoff bid, which I think is too much, obviously. Um, then there's been the thing about yeah. giving people a million dollars, which I think that incentivizes the bottom half of the bottom half of the roster to try harder. But I don't know if it incentivizes the top half to play. Like it could be like another like I mean it could be like another like NBA summer league kind of deal. I don't know. But I mean I think it'd be cool though, especially I think it'd be really cool if it was like March Madness style where like it was like single elimination. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there's a lot of a lot of the talks been like, oh, we just take the top eight teams and do a little round robin. I'm like, I don't know. I'd kind of like to see all the teams get to do it, or else some teams have to play more games than others and gets kind of dicey. But yeah, no, I I don't know. Yeah. I'm interested to hear more about that. I think if we have too many changes, where it starts to get kind of gimmicky, where we've got like the playing game and in season tournament and all this stuff, that's kind of weird. But I don't know. I think it's fine to try it, especially during the COVID season. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I guess not too much to talk about there until we have more details. Do we want to talk about like breakout stars? Um, I know you probably want to talk about the guy from Sacramento, but, um, just players making the jump. Obviously we talked about John Moran, (laughs) um, anyone else of note? Uh, yeah. I mean, my boy from, yeah, my boy from Sacramento, Halliburton, um, probably biggest fan right here. Um, I think that, um, I think the biggest jump that you've seen from him is the playmaking skills. Um, I just don't think him around De'Aaron Fox is the best uh, untapped potential for him. I think if he's just their point guard, he's going to just put up double doubles like you saw. Like I think when De'Aaron Fox was out with COVID, was it COVID or was it an injury? I can't remember, but um yeah, um, he both. put up, I think, four or five 2010 triple, uh, not triple doubles, but double doubles. Um, and is very efficient. He had a triple double in there, or no? I don't think he got a triple double, but I but mean, he puts up, even when he doesn't, he, he's a good, like, he rebounds. No. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you look at the NBA league leaders in steals, he's top five. Um, he's an all around player, and people kind of talk down on him because he's kind of, you know, a little bit goofy. His shot's goofy, doesn't look very, you know, fluid like it doesn't look like a clay thompson Norman powell type of shot it's kind of like from the hip it's very very weird but it goes in like i mean career i think he's shooting 42 percent from three 
Um, this year, I think he's shooting 43% from three. I mean, he's just, he's an all around player and he's an, a second year player, just like Desmond Bain too. So I think, you know, the ceiling's very, very high for him and you're never going to find anybody that talks highly more than, than me about him. Um, what are your thoughts on Halliburton? I mean, I obviously don't watch him as much as you do. Um, yeah, you are right, though. 43% from three this year, 42 for the career. One thing I think about him is, like, I think three-point percentage is something I used to take too, take to um, put too much weight on. And I think it's very important. The one thing I think that isn't good for him is that his shot is not necessarily quick, so he can't get it off as easily he's often left open but the fact that he can hit it is still important especially for he's a lengthy point guard so that helps him he can rebound he can kind of do everything and he's a way better playmaker than Darren Fox Darren Fox Fox is just not even isolation that great isolation you know in fast break I mean he's very very fast he's one of the fastest players in the NBA um he has a good shot but this year it's been terrible I think he's under 30 percent from three um yeah, and he's like Halliburton that he shoots open threes. He's like he takes some in rhythm, but it's not like he's not Dame. Um, but if I was a Sacramento GM, I would trade Fox and build around Halliburton. I think that's your kind of deal. Yeah. Or you know maybe, I mean, if you want Ben Simmons, but I think if you wanted Ben Simmons, I think Halliburton would have to be part of that. That. Yeah, for sure. Um, um, but yeah. yeah. Other breakout guys, or are you still want to talk about Tyrese? <laughs> no, no. Um, I think other breakouts. I think uh, Dejounte Murray from right. Sacramento. Yeah. Oh, not Sacramento. I'm thinking about Halliburton. Uh, San Antonio. San Antonio. Um, he's been great. I mean, seems like he's almost getting a triple double every night. And he's a lockdown defender. defender. He should be an All Star this year. Um, yeah, you think so? He's been amazing. Um, I mean, I'm not disagreeing. It's just always, you're always, I always, it's always hard because you think someone should be, and then you look at it and you're like, oh, Paul Booker, Curry, Morant. I don't know, but true. Um, but like, I mean, you look at the line, like the thing. Clay Thompson's there. He shouldn't be there. Um, no, Harden's not in the West anymore. Yeah. Um, so Dejounte um, out of the West, uh, out of the East, just guard wise, I think Darius Garland's been amazing. Um, I think he's, mm-hmm. he's had a huge DeRozan as well. DeRozan as well. Uh, but Garland, I think last night, I don't know if you saw the stat line, but I think he put up 27 and 18, <laughs> which is crazy. And yeah, then no, that's before it. that against the Jazz, he had a, his first career triple-double. Um, so him playing the point guard, you know, I always thought of him, you know, he he went with Sexton, very, very small guard lineup. But I always thought of him as more of like a shooting guard because um, he could shoot. But He was like, it's like the CJ and Dame and yeah. now like – Garland's like clearly better than Sexton. Yeah, yeah. Garland, he's made a huge jump. Um, Cleveland's a very, very underrated team. I think uh, their bigs, Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. I think Evan Mobley's the best rookie bunch. And Lord um, but Jared Allen, very underrated. Seems like double double every night with a couple blocks. Um, I can't believe that they're underrated. I can't believe that Houston just Clearly. gave him up for nothing. <laughs> I know that was very like he's he's better than Christian Wood at this point. I mean they're pretty equal. What do you think? I don't know. Yeah, Christian Wood's more uh, agile more and mobile, yeah. um, but Jared Allen's a way better defender and he's more efficient. 
Yeah. And he's more reliable for sure. Yeah. But yeah. I mean, DeRozan's been great. We can't go to the podcast without mentioning him. There's not like been a breakout guy for the Heat. Tell me if I'm wrong. I'm kind of just going through the teams and like thinking of who jumps out at me. Um, Tyler Hero. Yeah. He's, he's been, been pretty better. good, but he was good last year though too. So um, he was good last year, but he didn't follow up on the playoff on the NBA finals like I thought he would. Yeah. But he's, you know, that's the kind of role that I kind of want. I would love Anthony to come in with, but that's his best case scenario. Yeah. Be like a hero, Jordan Clarkson, something like that. Yeah. I mean, and then as far as the Bucks, I think they're just playing pretty well in general. Um, Bobby Portis has, at least last few games, been great again. Crazy, yeah. Yes. Um, Philadelphia, they've mm-hmm. had Seth Curry, he's been playing well. Maxi, when he's been in the lineup, has been good. Um, and be- yeah, Maxi's been hurt, though. Yeah. He's had COVID, and I think he's having a little bit of. He's had. I think one of the worst cases of COVID so far, like I haven't, like he just came back, but I think he was out for like a month, something like that. Yeah. He started the year really well, like kind of like what Ant's doing right now, just like one guard who was breaking out because yeah. their guy that played for them last year wasn't playing anymore. But yeah, no, he's still a good trade piece. Cleveland, obviously we touched on Charlotte. Miles Bridges started the year really well, but lately it's been more of Rozier, Hayward, yeah. Um, Hayward once in a while just like has like stupidly efficient games and then next game doesn't do that well. Um, and then Toronto, obviously Van Vliet's been unreal lately. Yeah. Scotty Barnes has been good. Um, yeah. Gary was really good at the beginning of the year, mm-hmm. um, but just injuries. And um, I don't know, it seems like actually since Toronto's kind of been winning, Gary's been kind of been playing worse, which is kind of interesting. Yeah, they had what? They were on like a seven game win streak and they lost to the Warriors, was it? Was it the Warriors? No, who was I watching? Was it the, it was the, I think it was the Pistons. <laughs> oh, no, it was the Suns. No, it was the, the Suns. No, Suns. Yeah, they lost to a good team. It was the Suns. It was a close Suns, game. And then they lost to the Pistons. Yeah, Chris Paul and Devin Booker hit like two fadeaway jumpers, iced the game. Um, but then they beat the Bucks last night. <laughs> yeah. I mean, who knows? I think they're good. I think Nick Nurse is like one of the better coaches in the league. So um, I think they're always like, I think people expect them to tank like the last two years and then suddenly they're actually competitive, which I think is just a lot. It says a lot about like Van Fleet, OG, and a lot of those guys. I mean, OG's been good as well when he's in the lineup. He's a guy I wish the Blazers had, but I guess Nas Little's kind of like OG light. Uh, and then. Okay. What do you what are your thoughts on Boche uh the kid from Boucher, Oregon? Yeah. Like I, I feel like he's like he I mean Nurse has been playing him a lot, but like since like but that's been like after like the COVID outbreak, before the COVID outbreak. I don't think he was playing at all. And he's like really, really good. Like he reminds me kind of like very, very linky, you know, something like a Jaron Jackson type of deal. Um and he shoots very, very shoots. efficient from three. Um he killed the Blazers last year. Yeah, I mean, it seems like he's kind of got out of the the doghouse with Nurse, but um, what would your thoughts be of them trading him if they're looking to maybe... I mean, they're they're comfortably in the East. Boucher but, for Nurk? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I know it doesn't work like money-wise, probably. I don't know. I like Boucher. Yeah. I, I have always not... I don't like centers that you have to give the ball to a ton, like Nurk, and I like centers that you just, like... They play defense. They... You know, they go straight up on defense. They block shots, they rebound, and they can hit threes. But, like, Nurk thinks he can hit threes. Boucher actually can. Well, the thing is with Nurk, he thinks he's Jokic yeah. and he's not and Jokic. So he, you have to post him up all the so, time. 
Yeah, I mean, he's not Jokic. He doesn't pass like Jokic. He doesn't shoot like Jokic. He doesn't rebound like Jokic. He tries to throw the Jokic passes, but the problem is he turns it over so often. Like, I'm like, dude, there's no pass there. Sometimes you get it through. Like, he'll have games, like his best games where he has, you know, if he's involved and his head's involved and he'll have like seven or eight assists, but he'll also have like four or five turnovers. It's just, it's too much. I I was at his game where he was one assist away from a triple-double and I hadn't really looked at the stats and I thought he had like an okay night, but he had these turnovers that just like pissed me off. And in the next game, he had like, not that well good of stats, but I thought he'd played well. I think it's he's interesting to watch. That was against Brooklyn. Like he had uh he got Nick Claxton like three fouls in the first quarter and then uh yeah. when was, he's dominant when he's dominant, like when he wants to play, I just feel like his head's just not in it all the time. But when he's dominant, like he's he's good. He's just not efficient. That's the And he makes thing. some plays that just make me lose faith. Yeah, like he'll like I think that night against Claxton, like he was really aggressive. You know, almost got a triple double, but like, well, the, t- the like, triple double was against Sacramento, and then the boxing game was a game that he played well, but didn't have that great of stats. But yeah, he had like 18, 19 points, but he had like fourteen or fifteen shots, and they're like all around the rim. So it's just like, well, he just, just throws the ball up. He has no like, doesn't look like he even knows where the rim is when he shoots. He just throws it up there and hopes it goes well. And then he doesn't even know how to. Like, you're supposed to create space in basketball by jumping into the defender with your whole body, and he just, like, leans his upper half into them and flops. I'm like, I don't know. He does it. And he gets so many offensive foul calls. Dunk the ball. I don't know. I don't understand. But I'd rather – I just prefer centers that you don't have to give the ball to a lot and, like, can shoot threes. Um, I mean, we talked about Boucher as, like, a stretch-the-floor guy. When I look at it, 23% from three this year. So I guess not great, but I remember last year there being games where he like hit threes efficiently, blocked shots. I think he's definitely got more potential than Nurk, but yeah. But he's then got two rings. The real thing is he true <laughs> ring culture. He's twenty nine, and he was like a rookie like a few years ago. So I don't know. Yeah, he, he's twenty nine. I mean, he was really old in college. Um. Actually, his oh. birthday was recently, uh, January 11th, 1993, so he's 29. Uh, there are a couple of weird guys that are way okay. older than you'd think. Um, Davion Mitchell, Chris Boucher, uh, Chris Duarte. Who would you say? Tempazzo, he's yeah. like 50. <laughs> 50. He's in his second year. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I think the Raptors are pretty good. And then just kind of talk more about guys that we should be mentioning. Um, Obviously, we said Dinwiddie's been good. Kuzma's been really good this year. Um, as far as the Knicks, I don't know. What do you think about the Knicks? I think Randall last year was kind of an aberration. Like he's not an MVP candidate like they thought last year. Like he wasn't ever in the conversation, but he was always on the boards just because he was that good. Like on the MVP boards, and then this year he's not been that good. Yeah, it's just yeah, Randall. I mean. And he was not there in the playoffs. Last yeah, year. no, no. I think the the biggest thing that the New York needs to do is they need to realize that RJ Barrett's their future, um, and kind of just go from there. I mean, RJ's been playing really, really well lately. Um, he started off a little slow, but he's recovering. Started off slow, sophomore slump. Oh, no, not even a sophomore slump. He's in his, he's in his third year now, right? Same class as Zion. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but maybe you know, gets her 
he gets RJ, not RJ, but he gets uh, Cam Reddish back with him, college teammate. Maybe they get a little connection going there. Yeah. Um, but I think that they should play RJ as their point guard, as yeah. their their playmate. And who are they starting? Is it quickly? Because Rose is hurt, right? Rose and Kemba are hurt. Oh, I forgot Kemba's on that team. Kemba was like Kemba. I'm pretty sure is like third string behind quickly and Rose though. Yeah, but he's he's he was starting before he got hurt. Okay, yeah. I just know that sometimes he, he got a triple double on Christmas. No, yeah, I didn't. I didn't get to see Christmas games this year, so I didn't. Um, but let's like quickly is not starting. I, they have Fournier. <laughs> Fournier, who went for like forty something a few nights ago or weeks ago. It's like Fournier's had Fournier's averaging like twelve points a game, but against Boston, he's averaging like forty. <laughs> or, yeah, and when he was on Boston, he was terrible. Yeah, um, they're starting Alec Burks at point guard, mm. and they've been good. And he's like, been playing. Lately. He's been playing pretty good. Like, um, but you know, quickly, you know, very raw, um, very very good shooter though. Not really a point. Not really a point guard. He's kind of just isolation as well. A lot of these, a lot of these small guards coming in the NBA are just isolation. Mm-hmm. They've won seven of the last ten. I know they started the year well, and then they lost a bunch, and now they're twenty-two and twenty-one. So not terrible. It's right around the Wizards, Celtics, um, Raptors. Everything's pretty close. Like Celtics are are uh, one and a half games out of the seven seed. They're currently the eleven seed, and then there's a huge drop off between Atlanta and Boston of four games. And then I think the West is kind of the same way. Like the Blazers are. Or the uh, Wolves are like half a game back of the Lakers um, at seven and nine, and the Blazers are big drop off, three games back of the Wolves, and then obviously below us, Kings and Spurs, Pelicans, all pretty close, which is pretty sad to say for us that we're one game above the Pelicans. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, there's still a lot of season left. It seems like you know when the even, I mean I don't know how the Blazers are going to react this year with having a draft pick actually, but. Um, it seems like um, they always have, you know, a seven or eight game win streak somewhere in the in the season. I don't know when it's going to be or if it's going to be this year. But mm-hmm. yeah, so I think we've covered the league pretty well. Obviously, um, we'll talk more in future weeks about kind of the West. I think we did a lot about the East there. But do we want to just look forward to the next like coming week in the league and for the Blazers? Um, predict how we think the Blazers are going to do as well as um, some other teams and like predicting our top players to look out for um, going forward for the next, you know, month or so. Yeah. I mean, Blazers wise, um, I don't really care if they win or lose this week. Mm-hmm. Um, they're on the road, so probably to lose. Um, but yeah, you they've know, got Orlando tomorrow. Um, Miami yeah, so, I mean, they're playing Orlando, Miami, Boston, Toronto. I would suggest that they're probably going to win one of those games, and that's probably going to be Orlando. Um, I don't know. I, I think uh, a team that catches Boston is a team that plays hard and, like, they don't expect I know, but I just I can't remember the last time we went into Boston and won. Yeah, that's true. I'm pretty sure we've lost at the buzzer, like, a good amount of times in the last year. I can't. I just don't feel like we ever win in Boston. And, you know, we never win in Toronto, except for when Melo made that shot. Yeah. Um, but it's just, it just doesn't seem like th- those are two places we just never seem to win. 
I, um, yeah, I think we'll go two and two, but one and three is probably a fair um, I think we'll definitely win tomorrow. Um, but I don't really care about wins and losses. I think it's just how CJ reacts it's back into the in the realm. Um, you know, we're talking a lot about trading CJ. So I know his trade value went a lot. It went down with, uh, you know, the collapsed lung. Um, and, you know, that's kind of a scary kind of flukish injury. Um, so I'd like to see him come back and play well and maybe get that draft capital up a little bit more and, you know, see what we can get for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing he's got to do is show that he's healthy. Um, and then I think the most important yeah. thing is just he's got to make shots. I think that's what most teams would use him for. I think there's, I think he's, it's tough for him. There's a lot of teams who don't need him. I think the teams that could use him are like Philly. Obviously, that gets thrown around. The Lakers could use him for shooting. Um, I don't know, maybe something like Dallas, but like there's then there's teams that just there's no reason for them to add a guy who takes up the ball and is not good at defense. Yeah, I mean, I think the best case scenario for CJ is like a a Pelicans, like where maybe he can, you know, grow into like having, I wouldn't say not his own team, but like, you know, he's the best kind of on ball isolation player. Yeah. Type of, I can see him in New York too, but the problem with the Pelicans is I don't Uh, see why like a rebuilding team would want him. I think sure. like it kind of has to be a contender that needs a shooter, but I don't know. I I feel like Philly's a good fit for him, and I don't know why we haven't pulled the trigger on the Ben Simmons trade. But I don't. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be CJ for Ben Simmons straight up. Even though Daryl's crazy, I think that's probably a good assessment. Um, but yeah, like you said, I I see like I I mean I don't know how I mean I think a CJ and. CJ and Covington's not a bad. No, I don't think so either. And like Philly had Covington in the past, and I think they liked him. Um, what did they trade him for? Jimmy Butler? To... Yeah, he was in Minnesota. But he was good in Philly. I think the fans liked him, and like he's actually, I think the Blazers fans have gone too far on the hate for him. Like just because he's not an on-ball defender. Like okay, he's a really yeah. good help defender and like a plus off-ball defender as far as like reaction times. Elections. and then the Blazers fans are like oh my gosh he's not a good yeah. defender because he can't defend on ball I'm like that's not it's not really his fault that we kind of got the wrong like a defender, defender that is very good in the right system and Covington Covington can yeah, fit into he, any he system can. just when he plays he, he can shoot he can defend he just can't take the so ball he, he can fit in anywhere. He, he just can't get he can't <laughs> he doesn't seem to take any shots inside the three-point line and he just never goes to the feature line. So and he can't really handle the ball. There's been like multiple fast breaks where you have a three on one and Covington like drops the ball and then the fast break's gone. But he can't handle the ball, but he was in the all star yeah. challenge last they, year. They throw most random guys in there now. He can't really do anything <laughs> besides defend off the ball and shoot, but that's like two of the most important things. So he can fit into like yeah. any contender, I feel like, but. You can play center, small four. Yeah, but like just the upcoming week, I just think the biggest thing is, you know, CJ coming back healthy. Um, good to see him come back. And then just Anthony just continuing to be Anthony. And not, I don't know how he's going to react. Probably, you know, not having the ball, you know, 100% him bringing the ball up. It's probably going to be a little mixture of him and CJ. But, um, and I'm, I haven't heard anything, but I think Norman's coming back this week as well. So, 
yeah i don't know i kind of am like looking forward to it but also i want ant to just continue doing what he's doing um i like that nasir has had the ball i think it's good for the development uh i don't know i i worry about it a little bit but i don't know hopefully cj becomes more of just a spot-up shooter and i think yeah. i mean ant's obviously a good uh, spot up shooter as well but the best thing in the last few weeks is like i saw that brooklyn game um in person and his handles are unreal he's so quick he's finally like starting to go to the rim i still don't know why he doesn't try to dunk more but he's, he's, I know. he's yeah we've got champion, multiple man. on the team i mean at least we've got guys who've been in it dennis Smith jr it's, I, it seems like it seems like o'shea just loved the athletic just Derek Jones, yeah. He just wanted he wanted people that just created highlights. Which I don't is crazy to me because we do not throw lobs. Yeah, and I mean, I think like I mean, because Dame's a dunk champion too. Not, not champion, but participant. Yeah. No, I think he won. I thought it was a. Uh, it was John Wall or something that year. That was the weird year when they were doing like layup line style. It was odd. Yeah, it was weird. It was like they'd have like two contestants. That, yeah, it was weird. Yeah. But they've got, and then they've got Larry who was in it as well. Uh, they had Derek Jones yeah. last year. They have Greg Brown, who's probably the best dunker. In Dennis the Smith. Year. Dennis Smith was in it. Yeah. I remember Dennis Smith was in it too. Because Dennis Smith is probably the most, maybe with Bouncy Brown, but Dennis Smith is, uh, he, when he goes to the lane, he feel like he's up there forever. He tried so. to throw it down against the Nets, and this guy behind me was like, why does he do that? That's not his shot. I'm like, he, he's going to dunk on this, dude. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know. We've got uh, Olshay likes athletic guys. I think, I don't want to talk about the Olshay thing too much because there's so much and he probably did some things poorly, but like some people were trying to ignore the fact that Ant was a good pick and Nas was a good pick and he did draft well the second round. No, he, like I said, the, I mean, he drafted well. I think the player development person's probably a little bit more to, credit for that but i mean he did draft well he drafted well he did not do well in free agency he did not trade super well and he more of it was just that he did not go for the home run move um but like you said wins and losses don't really care i don't want to like start being upset with the wins because i want to tank that's not fun no because it's still it's still early um i just don't think that i mean the caliber team that we have and dame probably being out he might like on the verge of being shut down for the rest of the year. I just, I mean, it just, it doesn't really matter to me. So yeah, I think it's just player developments and, um, mm-hmm. I then the trade deadline is going to be the biggest, uh, kind of point for the Blazers so far this year. Yeah. And like, I don't think I was having a ton of fun watching a team when we had Damon CJ and we're losing. And now I'm like excited to watch Ant and, Nas every night. So, yeah. And Ellaby. Ellaby's played so good. hard. Yeah. Ellaby's been pretty good, which yeah. is like, I think he was on the verge of being out of the league um, and now maybe saved himself at least another year. So, yeah. I mean, in his summer league was terrible. He's one of the worst players on the team. Yeah. Um, and you got players that are like pretty bad in summer league. So, yeah. well, bad in comparison. I mean, kick anyone else's butt. But, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, all NBA players are extremely good, just relatively. Some of them, like Kelgen Blevins and stuff. Yeah. Not not the most talented. Well, I mean, to be honest, Blevins is only in the league because of Yeah. The, it's, I don't know. Yeah. Don't he didn't have a shot against the Nuggets, so you got to give him credit. 
He made a shot, yeah. <laughs> he made a three. Um, he made a three. He kind of, it was kind of a nice shot, but that's the first time he's good at basketball. But yeah, he's in the league because of Dame, which is kind of odd. And I don't know. Don't really want to talk about that. But I don't yeah. know. I think I think that's most of what um, what we want to talk about today. Um, is there anything else? Any parting words you have for either the Kings, Halliburton fans, or Blazers fans? <laughs> I mean, just for Halliburton's sake, I think they should get De'Aaron Fox out of there. But yeah. And yeah, we'll get more into um, NBA trades in the coming weeks. We're planning to post mostly Sunday nights, Monday mornings around that time. Um, but mostly like recording on Sundays um, weekly. Obviously, there's going to be some times when we skip a week or we do like a trade deadline podcast, something like that. But yeah, look forward for podcasts in the future. Um, you can also follow our Instagram, um, or at least the Instagram associated with this podcast at Row City Hoops. And then I think we're looking forward to doing like kind of a, a mailbag Q and A thing where people can message the Instagram for questions for um, Carson and I to talk about. But yeah, that this is uh, Rip and Hoops with Ryan and Carson, and uh, we'll see you guys next week.